All right. So joining us now is a good friend of mine, former teammate, Sean Horkoff. Uh, Sean played 16 years in the NHL, had an amazing career, was uh, with the Edmonton Oilers for 13 of those and uh, was a captain with them. And then he went on to uh, play with the Dallas Stars and after that moved on to the Anaheim Ducks and uh, now works um, was a director of player development with the Detroit Red Wings. Hork, what an incredible career you have had. You, uh, hey, thanks you, for having you, me on. <laughs> yeah, you, you, you look back at that and uh, man, that's, uh, that's quite the amazing feat that you had. Um, what are some of the lessons, if, if I was to jump right in, into this and say, what are some of the lessons that you learned along the way that really kind of stuck with you? Um, is there any that stand out right away? Um, yeah, I mean, you know, it's, frankly, it's, you know, when you ask a question like that, I think there's a lot that goes into it because I think when you, when you're fortunate enough to play a long time, um, you're forced to change your game, right. And you learn lessons, you never stop learning. Right. So it doesn't matter what you're doing. You never start learning. So when I first came into the league, I was a different player. I had to do different things in order to just make it. And then kind of, as I went through my career, you know, I guess one thing for me is I was able to almost I had I started up in the NHL as a, as a fourth line left winger and I was fortunate you know to play a little bit of first line center for you know for four or five years in the middle and then really I, I finished uh, I finished it back on the fourth on the fourth line yeah. towards the end of my career and that's kind of usually how it works on the curve of at least most unless you're a superstar most normal NHL players um, you know I think one thing that that I've learned you know first and foremost is patience you know I think when you first come in the league you're so excited. You expect everything to happen all at once. And when it doesn't, um, you know, really what happens is it forces a lot of adversity on you. And, you know, I think that's one thing that now working with young players is the one thing that, you know, myself and my team and when dealing with prospects is, is you better get used to learning to deal with adversity because it's coming your way. Yeah. And for most kids that get to the NHL, really, it's actually at any level, you know, at some point in their life, certainly depending on, on, on how good of a player they are. It might be trying out for a triple A AAA team in Bantam. It might be, you might not face it until all the way till you get to the NHL. If you're, you know, a high pick in a first rounder or something, but at some point adversity is coming your way. And if you want to be successful at really at anything in life and have sustained success, you know, you better be, you, you better be able to deal with adversity. And I think a big thing with dealing with adversity that goes into that is, is just patience. Um, rarely is anything solved um, immediately in life, especially big, uh, big issues. And, and, and it takes time. It, you know, it takes, it takes the ability to, to, to just keep sticking with what you believe the right plan is and just keep working hard every single day, day after day after day. Um, you know, that kind of leads me into another issue that's really stuck with me is, is, is not just my for myself, but when you play long enough, and, and I've been fortunate to, to train with some of the best players in the game, you know, Nate McKinn, Sidney Crosby, Tavares, Spezza, um, you know, and, and then I go back to when I first started, Chris Chelios, Rob Blake, you know, a lot of these guys were, were, were workout partners of mine. And the one thing, the one common thing that all these superstars have in, in you know, uh, in common is, is the simple fact that they, they just outwork everyone. You know, it, it's it, it it's no secret that that you know talent talent certainly gets you only as far as you can go, but if you really want to truly be great, and if you want to be the best at your 
you know, the best at your sport or your job or whatever it is, um, you have to be willing to outwork everyone else. And that's really the only true way that, that the talent will, will actually reach its true potential because you never really do finish growing. You never really do. You're never, you know, a, a finished product until mid to late twenties. And, and there's a lot that goes into that uh, for young players up until that point. So um, it's a big question you ask, but really those to keep it as simple as I possibly could, those would be the, the main issues and areas that I would focus on. Yeah. It's interesting when, when you're a younger player and we've all been there, we're always in a rush to get somewhere else and we don't really know where we're going. Right. We always just want to get to the next step, the next phase. And you talked about that importance of, you know, impatience and, and trusting the process, right. Really taking that, you know, ha- being able to look at your game and say, you know, it's always evolving and, you know, there, you can't rush it. There's no fast forward button. You have to, you know, learn as you, as you go. It's such an important, important comment that you made there. Yeah. You know, I think, like I said, patience deal is another, you know, patience plays right into that. Um, you know, I have a son that's uh, 14 years old, so I'm kind of going through the youth hockey um, scenario right now. And obviously having, having been through that, I deal with and talk to a lot of parents and, and one thing is all these parents, you know, everyone wants to play up, right? Everyone wants to play up. They want to play triple A. Um, if they're double A player, they want to play triple A. If they're a good triple A player, they want to play year up, you know, triple A. And, and I just, you know, to me, I don't understand that. You know, I, I don't understand what's, what's, what's wrong with being very good at the level you're supposed to be at because, and that's, and that's the thing I tell these parents is like, listen, like, you know, at a young age, these young players, they should have the puck lots. They should be willing to, to, to try things and not be afraid to make mistakes. Um, there's nothing wrong with dominating and learning, um, you know, how to, how to, how to, you know, to, to, to have the puck all the time and, and make plays for other players and make other players around you better. You know, to me, there's, 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 so to your point, there is a rush in society today yeah. to, to, to just get to that next level as quick as you can. And I think what gets lost or, you know, for most of these parents is frankly, you know, if you're Connor McDavid, understandably so you know but that's that's one of a million and for the majority of the kids it's quite the opposite it's just be be patient you know stay where you're at get it you know develop as much as you can there be as good a player as you can there and then when it's your time to move on prepare for the next level and just continue that process and hopefully as you keep going up in levels uh, when you're talking about actually making it if you keep going up in levels you just have to be a dominant player at at every level until you make it to the NHL. You know, that's how how you get there. Yeah. And it's, you know, it being present at each level as well. Right. So when you're playing for the Chilliwack chiefs and the BCHL, you're playing there and you're the, being the best player you can, when you move on to Michigan state, like you did, you're the best player there. You move on to the American league, you focus on being present there. And I think as soon as a, as a player kind of, doesn't allow themselves to be present where they are uh gosh things get challenging and you you start overthinking the game out trying the game and it just doesn't work no absolutely and i, and I don't really understand i don't get like how can you get to the nhl there's probably really six different you know minor hockey to different levels of minor hockey obviously to then either college or junior um then for most it's the ahl i mean you you have to be a dominant player at every, at every, at every stage that you're at. 
um, in order even just to get the chance to play a single game in the NHL. That's just the way it works. Yeah. It's plain and simple. And that you could be a first rounder, you could be an undrafted player. Yeah. But unless you dominate at that level that's right below the NHL, um, you have no chance at even getting an opportunity to put a to put an NHL jersey on. So, you know, you have to be patient and, and really you, you need to focus on the level that you're at and dominating at that level. Because yeah. if you if you can't dominate that level, what makes you think you're going to be ready and go to go dominate the next? That's exactly right. That's exactly right. And then also, you know, it's about opportunity. And if, you know, opportunity is going to present itself at some point, and it's your job as that player to be ready when that opportunity comes. And, uh, you know, Stu Barnes would always say, you can't cheat the game. The game will always put you back in your place. So yeah, you can, you can get thrown into the NHL and be good for a couple of games, but in order to be consistent, you have to make sure that you prepared yourself. You're ready when your opportunity arises. Yeah, I mean, there, there's, there's, that's, that's, I mean, there couldn't be truer, more spoke, well, more well-spoken words there. You know, I think a saying that we use here, and I, when I borrow this off of Kevin Hatcher, is, is, you know, are you a, are you a hockey player or do you just play hockey? Yeah. And I actually used that quite. He said that to me a while ago, and I use that quite a bit with my prospects. Um, and even my, my youth team here with my son's team, you know, are you a hockey player? And they're kind of like, well, what does that mean? I'm like, well, if you just play hockey, you just show up to the rink and go play. You know what I mean? You don't do extra. You don't go home. You don't study film. You don't shoot pucks. You don't work out. You don't stretch. You don't focus on recovery. You don't focus on your nutrition, what goes in your body. You don't focus on hydration. If you want to be a hockey player, you're, it's a 24-7 job, 365-day-a-year job. You know, and there's so much that goes into there's so much that goes into um, getting the most out of your natural ability. Mm -hmm. Uh, But that that has to be the focus. How do I get the most out of my natural ability? You know, and 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 and, and frankly, you know, that's really what it comes down to is is you want to do that every single day because opportunity comes at different times. Very rarely is opportunity just just happen. And all of a sudden you're in the NHL again, ran the power play playing you know top six minutes that doesn't happen you need to earn that and you and you never know when that opportunity is going to come is it through an injury um is it through your own personal play um it it could be through through various reasons but unless you do the job every single day so that you're best prepared for when that comes you're just never going to be ready And and, and most NHL guys will tell you there's plenty of players that we've all played with along the ways that should be in the, in the NHL they have talent to be there but they didn't make the most out of their one opportunity. Yeah. You know, they might've had one opportunity to, to make it and they just, they just weren't ready for it. And, and, and frankly, that's, that, that's the job right there is just being made, just being sure that you're, you know, that you're ready for that opportunity. Can you think of a player that was maybe not the, the, the most talented player, but because he wasn't every day and he showed up every day, put his work boots on and did the right things that actually, you know, made it and had a successful career. Is anybody that comes to mind that you played with? Yeah, that's 95% of the National Hockey League. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? I mean, if you take Sidney Crosby and, and, and Connor McDavid and all the superstars out of it, yeah. well, that's what separates everyone else. Yeah. You know, everyone was good. If you're in the National Hockey League, I mean, 90% of those players were stars at some level, whether they're in minor hockey or college or, or you know, um, you know, Kirk Malt being Detroit scored 50 goals in junior. He went on to be one of the greatest third line players of all time. You know yeah. what I mean? Like everybody at some level dominated. Yeah. So, it, it, but, 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 but to become 
a true star is very, very difficult to do. So yeah, that, that question's easy. I mean, that, that, that was me. That was, you know, I, I had through hard work, had to make a career. Um, you know, obviously there's, there was, you know, I, I had certain talents that I was able to, to do at a, at a solid level at the NHL, but that is the same for 90% of the league. Everyone has a certain thing that they bring and that's why they're there because they've honed that talent to be better than anyone else at it. Right. And the only way to hone that talent is strictly through hard work and dedication. So um, yeah, that's the majority of the league. One of the things that's important to obviously be able to uh, stay in the NHL, as you mentioned, is consistency. And, and part of consistency is, you know, not beating yourself up mentally. You're going to have great days. You're going to have bad games. It's all over the map. How did you learn how to deal with, you know, kind of the consistency, uh, dealing with any type of adversity um, and just kind of letting things brush off and moving on to the next game? How did you learn how to deal with that? Yeah, I mean, well, first off, I think you're, you, you never master that. I think you're constantly learning. That's really where experience comes in and how to deal with adversity. I think for me, um, I was a, I went through a lot of adversity growing up. You know, I, I, I was a good junior player. I went to college. Obviously, my first couple of years, I just wasn't big. I was very, very small. I was weak, and I couldn't do out there offensively what my, my physical abilities or what my brain and my skill wanted me to do. And it was frustrating for me, you know, so I, I'd gone through a lot of adversity young in my career. Um, I remember my, my, my draft year in, in, in Bantam, I never got drafted. I was picked up in the expansion draft or the, the, the smaller, the rules are changed now, but I was small and everyone said I couldn't skate. So I wasn't drafted then, you know, I took it personal. And so for me, it was, I had good experience of going through adversity, you know, and, 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 and that kind of gave me the tools that, once I did get to the NHL, I was ready. I think one thing you are missing there too is you want to play a long time. You have to have the ability to adapt. And I get this question a lot. You know, what what did you have to do? And I and I tell it's because it's a it's a great story. I mean, I I, I came out of college. Um, you know, I got I got cut from the, the Edmonton Oilers on my first year, one of the very last cuts. I had a good camp, um, but yeah, got cut, got sent down the minors. Um, you know, felt pretty good about myself at that point, like how, how camp went and felt like I could play in the NHL. But I knew that the only way to do that was to go down and just be the best player that if there was an injury or the team didn't start, well, I, I had to put myself in a position to be that first player to be called up. Um, and I was able to do that at the time. And then Mike Greer got injured and was out for the season with the, with a separated shoulder, had surgery and I got called up and I remember I went into the office and Craig McTavish said, Hey, welcome. You know, he's a coach at the time. And, and he said, um, <laughs> he goes, um, Hork, can you, you know, we called Jeff, you're having, you know, you're having a great year, uh, but, you know, Rosie's out and, and, he, and he's a winger. He goes, can you play wing? <laughs> and for some reason, I just went, yeah, oh yeah, I play. Or he goes, have you played wing before? I said, yeah, I played wing before. <laughs> and that was a blatant lie. I didn't play, I didn't play a day of wing my entire life. I didn't play a day wing, but, but I do remember that, you know, one of the most valuable lessons that coach Mason ever gave me was always be able to adaptable, be adaptable, be able to play, pay attention in practice so that if your name ever gets called um, that, you know, what's going on in all these different situations. And, and then he said, and, and just be um, know how to play defense because when you get to the NHL, you know, yeah, you know, you, you, you can score points. and But he goes, that's not what's going to keep you in your lineup. You know, these p- coaches get paid good money. 
And you're going to have to be reliable against the best players in the world to go out there and not get scored on. So <laughs> I'm here telling Mac T that he goes, okay, great. You're going to be with so-and-so tonight and you're going to be in the fourth line. And I was like, I go, great. And I walked out of there and I thought like, what did I just do? Like, you know what I, mean? <laughs> I thought, what did I just do? And I literally spent the entire afternoon just running through like, scenarios in the D zone, the offense, neutral zone, power play, because I didn't know what I was going to get into and just kind of what uh, – but because, you know, Ron Mason for four years put that in my brain, yeah. I always paid attention to that in practice, like, you know, wingers' routes and what their jobs were and and just kind of studied that. So I was ready for it. And then I actually, you know, uh, I got an assist the first game. I scored my third game, and then that was it. And I played wing for my, the first two years of my career. Yeah. And then in the long run – in the long run, you know, when I, when I, when I was playing center, but what it did was at the end of my career, you know, I was able to, when, when teams went down from four to three lines, I was able to play, move up from a centerman's role and, and play wing to try to shut a game down and be responsible. But it just gave me, so from that one thing that, that coach Mason taught me, which I didn't even realize at the time, um, it just paid me off in spades 20 years down the road, you know, and, and, so just a funny story there, but yeah, that's, that was the that's a great story. That's a great story. Yeah. And I think it's just so important that, you know, players have the ability to adapt, but also yeah. one of the things that you've always done really well is you've been a student of the game. You've really understood the game. Um, you see, you, you, you saw the game differently than a lot of players did. And I think that wasn't just because of, you know, some natural talent that you had. It was, you put a lot of work into it. You put a lot of time studying the game. Yeah, I did. You know, I mean, I, that's twofold. I mean, it started with my dad. My dad was a very good hockey player, college player in Canada. Um, he was the same way. He, he really, his biggest asset was probably his smarts and playmaking ability, but he was my coach all growing up. And, and, you know, when you're a young kid, you don't, you don't study the game. You just, but he, he gave me the tools to, you know, he always wanted me to just know what was going on around me when I didn't have the puck, you know, like know what's going on. Where's the puck going to go? What's going to happen if the puck goes here? So he just said, you know, your greatest attribute is always going to be your brain, you know, and, and, and you've got to to just go out there and stare at the puck and wait for it to come to you is only going to get you so far. And frankly, it's not going to make you a very good player. Um, so he just always pushed that growing up. And he also pushed me to play other sports. You know, I played a lot of soccer. Soccer was all about giving goals, breaking for openings, you know, things that, things that are, are directly related to playing, uh, especially in the NHL, the high, high level where no one's going, I mean, except for McDavid, right? The majority of the game is giving goals, getting it, bringing people to you, passing, breaking for openings. And that's how you create six, uh, offense, right? Like it's difficult to do it on your own. Um, but then as, as, but then as it, as I got older and my career kind of wore on, I just enjoyed it. I mean, Craig McTavish, you know, in the NHL, I had him for, I want to say nine years, eight, I think eight, in the first eight or nine years of my career, maybe even 10, actually, actually maybe even 10. Um, and he loved preparation, right? Like he loved it. Like he was, he loved watching film. He loved talking hockey. Um, and I just had a, a really good relationship with him and I enjoyed the same sort of thing. And it wasn't like we would meet, but um, you know, but, but we did a ton of video. We talked a lot about situations and, and he felt me, he, he made me feel kind of, uh, you know, like my input mattered, right? Like that's what good coaching does is they, is they forced, you know, they force players to, um, you know, or they, or they let, they allow players to have a belief that their input matters. And that, so for me, it was always like, okay, well, I don't want to let them down. Like I'm going to say something to them. I want to make sure it's right. Uh, and then really that's about the time early in my career is when really all the teams started kind of doing video 
And then by the end of my career, you know, you have all these programs where you can just kind of watch video on your own. And, and to tell you the truth, I don't, I, you know, it, I, I wish I would have done it even more, you know, cause now, now that's my job essentially in development is just constantly watch. And there's so much more nuances to the game that I picked up since kind of doing that now um, that I didn't, I, I, you know, that I, that I didn't do as much as a player, yeah. Um, but definitely, you know, back then I probably would have done it more than, cause I knew, I, I knew I, I didn't skate like Connor McDavid. I didn't shoot it like Ovechkin. Um, right. And then my, my single greatest asset was my brain and, and, and the fact that I could, you know, pass the puck well and, and had decent vision, but I think vision just comes with hockey sense. Right. Yeah. And, and I knew that that was my key to, 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 to playing and playing well in the league. Um, so yeah, I just did anything I could to, to try to improve that and build that skill. Yeah. Well, it's an interesting thing too. I mean, as a coach that's, you know, sat in the press box and watched, you know, a thousand NHL games. I mean, the, the game, the game is a game of patterns as well. And you start recognizing that when you get older and, and understanding those patterns can make you a better player. Uh, I know it would have definitely made me a better goaltender and I'm sure that you feel the same way. You know, you see things now as a developmental coach after watching all this video that probably could have come in handy if you understood when you were a player. So, well, for sure. I mean, as an individual, I mean, if you can see other teams' tendencies, like yeah. maybe you forecheck a little different, maybe you break, you know, and especially in terms of, I did watch a lot of power play or uh, video on power plays and, and PKs just because I did think that that was an area where you could really, um, uh, you know, poke holes in, in another team structure, so to yeah. speak. So that, that did. And, and I do remember actually when I really started doing it, I mean, Carter playing with the Sedins in Vancouver, and he told me he couldn't believe he's having a great year with those guys. And he just couldn't believe he said that before every game, you know, that they would, they would take me in and, and we would just do video on the other team's PK. And we would set up plays given that certain team's tendencies that night. And I thought to myself, like, and this is a long time ago, right? So this is really, before, and now every team, every team does that now, yeah. but you know, at the time, like, like no individuals are doing that, at least not that I knew of. And, and I just remember thinking, like, how much sense does that make? That makes perfect sense. You know what I mean? Like, it's like cheating almost. Like, yeah. you know, you, those guys have elite vision, elite playmaker ability, and they can all score. And, and if you give them the, the ability to know what the other team kind of wants to do, I mean, there's, there's no secret why they were as good as they were. They were just prepared, right? And that just yeah. – those are some of the things that fans don't – stories that maybe, maybe don't always hear or or aren't um, – you know, aren't, aren't uh, privy to, but it's not just luck. Like these guys are good for a reason, you know, like, you know, they, they put the time in. Well, it comes back to your, uh, your comment. Are you a hockey player or do you play hockey? Right. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, Okay. A couple more questions for you. Um, You became a captain in, uh, in Edmonton and um, you know, part of being a captain is trying to help shape that culture within an organization what leadership uh, skills do you believe that you had and how did you, what kind of cult- culture did you try to create when you were the Oilers? Um, well, I was very fortunate that I think, you know, when, when I first came in the league, I, I had good, really good captains ahead of me. You know, Doug Wade was a captain when I was first there. Uh, Jason Smith was one. Uh, Ethan Morrow was another one. Um, and one thing that Edmonton always prided itself on was culture. You know, we didn't, we didn't, back then there was a salary cap or there was no salary cap. And we couldn't afford to, you know, Edmonton was was not keeping up with the Detroits and Colorados and the Rangers and Phillies and, and Dallas. We just weren't paying people seven, eight, nine million dollars a year. Um, so really, we had to survive. You know, we had to 
play as a team kind of, you know, more and, and get the most out of the people that were in that locker room. And, right. and I think culture went a long ways to that. Um, and it really, we had a lot of people on staff from the eighties, right? Kevin Lowe was there. Craig McTavish uh, Simpson was there. Um, Kelly Buckberger, um, you know, Dave Semenko was a scum. I mean, the list goes on and on, not to mention that they're, you know, like Gretz and Mess and these guys and, and cough, they would just pop their heads in every now and then, which was awesome. Yeah. Um, and you'd be able to pick their brains. And so the culture was very evident, evident to me from a young age that the Edmonton Oilers were a family, you know, and they always had a saying that one, you know, once an oiler, always an oiler. And frankly, it's true. Mm-hmm. And everybody kind of plays there, at least for any sort of time that has any sort of connection to that organization feels that way. And, and so it was kind of, you know, I learned a lot on, 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 on what it was to, to play for a team like that early on, just from my surroundings. So it was easy for me, right? Because I just kind of got dragged around that way. Right. Um, in terms of my philosophy for, 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 for leadership, it's always just to do the right thing. You know, I think saying, uh, doing things goes a lot farther than saying the right thing. You know, you have to be able to, if you're going to say something or you're going to ask someone to play more aggressive or dump the pocket or stop turning it over or whatever that may be, or be a better, you, you have to do it. You have to be willing to do it yourself. And if you're not, um, it just falls on deaf ears and that, and that quickly becomes a cancer in a locker room and it just doesn't work. Um, Show me, don't tell So, me. you know, yeah, exactly. Right. Exactly. And, and really, you know, make, make people feel comfortable. There's a time to, to push people and, and, and maybe uh, demand more or, or ask them to, 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 to give more. Um, but my philosophy has always been that, you know, if, if people are comfortable with their surroundings and know that their teammates have their back and no matter what, um, that, that's when you're going to get the most out of, out of people, right? Is, is they need to know that you have their back, um, you're there for them uh, through the good times and the bad, and and, and just to be a, a, a good, honest, and, and truthful person to them. And that's how you build relationships. And, and you know, the person has to know that, Whatever the, whoever they're playing for, whether it's their line mates or the team and themselves, you know, really appreciates what they're doing, and you know, yes, demands that they they give that they give them their all and, and get the best of them, but also, you know, uh, really appreciates all that effort. And I think that's when you get the best of the people. You have uh, you've certainly shared a ton of your knowledge here. Um, I'll leave you with one question here: If you were sitting at a table, and across from that table was young Sean Horkoff that was 18 years old. What would you, and you got to give him one piece of advice. What would you tell him? Don't talk so much. Listen more. Yeah. <laughs> That's an easy one. I still tell myself that now. Don't talk so much. Listen more. You know, ask, ask questions, ask questions, but then listen, you know. Um, I just think it's good advice for any, any young kid is, is, you know, surround yourself with, good people surround yourself with the best possible people. And then once you do that, ask questions and, mm-hmm. and you'll figure it out, you know, you'll, you'll figure it out. Well, like I said, you've had an incredible career. I know you're unbelievable at what you do now. I owe you because if you hadn't have been as good as you were in Chilliwack, the scouts wouldn't have shown up and by default, they had to look at me. So it helped me out. <laughs> but, oh, uh, that's nice of you. Yeah. We had a good team there. We, we had a really good team. There. We had a great team, but Hork, can't yeah. thank you enough for, for sharing your knowledge. Uh, you're one of the best. Thank you so much. Yeah, no problem. Anytime. Thanks. All right, brother. See ya.